I am in the Grotto Pod. Along here with me in the Grotto Pod is uh, YA author, Bridget Quinn. <laughs> Yay! Yeah, that's what YA stands for. Oh, it stands for yay? No. Oh, I didn't know what it stood for once. <laughs> really? Uh-huh. Did so. you see that movie, Young Adult, with uh, nope. Patton Oswalt and Let uh, me what's her you. name who's really beautiful? Like every actress. And from South Africa and won the Oscar for Monster. Oh. Charlize Theron. Wait, oh. Is that her name? Yeah, great she, movie. Oh, I have not seen it. I haven't seen no movies. That's this is many weekend. years ago. Doesn't matter. I don't go to movies. Well. I, but no, not for a good reason. I don't know why I don't. It's terrible. I never see anything. Today, our guest is someone who probably goes to a lot of movies, but I don't know. No, she could. Her life could be a movie, maybe, that, or a TV know, show. That's a good. That's a good point. Tamara Apperton. Uh, I super cool life. Say what she does. Worked with her in the past. You, you have in a journalist. Uh, in a sense? journalist type setting. Uh huh. In my case, definitely type. In her case, she was a real <laughs> journalist uh, at the um, San Francisco Examiner. Oh. The legendary paper, uh, hundred fifty years or whatever in the making. Maybe a shadow of its former self now, but that's near there. I noticed that she here. knows Beth. Near there. Beth also worked at the exam. So that's how they know each other, yeah. Uh, she might have been running it at the time. I'm not sure. Beth? Yeah. Okay, Odds you are. guys, listen. Inside Scoop, Beth Weingarner is taking over the world. That is all. Yes. Uh, but Tamara, she has spent her career sort of ping-ponging back and forth between journalist jobs and... Um, I guess she'd say communications jobs. It P- it's not PR. It's, it's communication. Not PR. It's, it's public communication. information. Yeah. Right now, she's the public information officer at the public defender's office, which is a lot of uses of the word public. Also, it sounds dry. No, not dry no. at all. She's been there since 2009, and during two, during that time, she has managed to mold communications in the public defender's office, sometimes adding a little humor to them, enough to get uh, featured in a 2013 San Francisco Magazine story. She's kind of a, 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 what would you call that? Like a local person of note. Yeah, People sure. know who she is. Local be- person of note. But how does that happen well, to somebody who's writing whatever a lot these of, are? You know, there's a lot uh, to... Uh, press releases. Well, there's basically. a lot to unpack here. She doesn't yeah. just, you know, she doesn't just write press releases. Right. She also <laughs> right. speaks to media on oh, right. behalf of the public defender's office. But she also writes the titles. She does write the titles. Because don't you think the titles are kind of what make her press releases? To make them funny, you mean? Well, funny, but also out? like irresistible. Yes. Yes. So she does that. Um, what I'm, re- I'm interested in a few things here. One okay. is the idea of leaving journalism. I want to know the, the process that goes. We talked to, you know, we have a lot of people in here who left something else. Yeah. And then came into writing or journalism. Yeah. Now we've got somebody who went the other way. Though she still does freelance. Um, I know she writes for the Bold Italic. Um, and this isn't the first time that she's gone from journalism to something else. She w- she was at the Nevada Novato Advance mm-hmm. on that track. You know that, like, I got a journalism degree. I'm going small newspaper. Right. That's what everyone does. They start Boom. in a smaller newspaper and they start moving their way to right. larger Up we go. But she bounced from that places. to be the communications coordinator for Sequoia Hospital. Uh-huh. And then she came back to the examiner. I, I think that's again. I think that's not an unusual uh, it is not trajectory. Is that the right word for this? Uh, yeah. Not really. Well, yeah, maybe. yeah. Arc, arc, path. Sure. Um, I think there's a lot of interesting things to talk about in bouncing back and forth. One of which is you know audience. Definitely. Uh, um, 
crossover of skills. Also, how to make a living as a writer. I mean, well, that's the original thing that attracted me to talking right. to her is like, because I knew a lot of people at the examiner who left because they were like, look, I'm tired of eating dog food. Yeah. I need real meals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's how to a make a living time. and also how to matter. Because, I mean, public defender's office, that's a big deal. Mm-hmm. And you're doing something pretty. Uh, you know, it's it's a place where a lot of people actually want to work. I know a lot of people who went to law school thinking they were going to get into the public defender's office and mm-hmm. could not. Well, couldn't get in. It's, Who'd be prized for them? Huge salary. I know. It's actually kind of like that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, how cool to be doing something that is valuable to your community, that I presume you can make a living from, and that you become kind of well-known for. Well, and these are all – those are all things that at one time described being a journalist. Correct. And still do describe a high-profile journalist. Right, right. But That's I, interesting. Yeah, I, I think for a lot of people in, journal, in journalism on the local level, they're faced with a choice. Right. And a lot of people make that choice. I mean, in her case, it's not like she went to work PR for The Gap or something. Right. Which is very common. Which is very common right. because that they dangle that. That's why you I'm know what teaching, else man. a lot of people are doing, money. and we should get someone in, is they are working for these magazines that are directly mouthpieces of certain brands. Right. We need to find somebody to talk to. Yes. Because that's not a now, busy. because no. we have Tamara here. No, she's actually already waiting. We so go we're going to go get her. Okay. So uh, when we say we, tuned. we actually mean me. I can't get up. I'm trapped I get it. back here. Uh-huh. Yeah. All okay. Right. That's how it is. I'm going. All right. See you. Welcome to the Grotto Pod, which uh, I'm to understand you pictured something else. I did. Um, I, I pictured a more Hefner-esque experience. Are you saying I'm not Hefner-esque? <laughs> or, well, or, or me. Well, You're saying you know. the pipe is an affectation in the robe? <laughs> it's not working? Is that the, what you're telling me? The robe helps. The shorty robe helps. Yeah. Yeah. Well, in, in another room, we have our swim-up bar. It's just not in right. this closet. Right. Yeah. And it only serves kombucha. Don't mock the kombucha. I will mock the kombucha. I will mock every food that starts with the letter K. Um, Knish. But that's not... Ooh. Except a knish. See there? Uh, So, Tamara, in our intro, we talked a lot about... um, The thing I'm really interested in is your career changes. Mm -hmm. Because I remember when we were at the Examiner, there were a lot of people doing that. But before... And I think they all had different reasons. And they all ended up in different places. But um, before that, you know... I want to say something. No. Why? No, go ahead. (laughs) This is a constant problem. Um, Because I was thinking one of the greatest gifts you could give uh, new or newish writers would be to show them how to take a giant story and distill it down into the best elevator pitch of all time. Because your press releases have these irresistible... what What do you call that little blurb? Is there a phrase for it? You mean the headline? Yeah, the headline. That little blurb is called a headline. You seriously didn't. You knew that. Well, no, I thought, like, maybe it was different in a press release. Because headlines for a... uh, Newspaper. Yeah, but, you know, I'm a newspaper girl at heart. There you go. Anyway, they are fabulous and hard to do. We'll do the bio stuff later, then. Why don't we start there? Because you have made a name for yourself and for the office. I I, I guess it wouldn't be fair saying it's all you, right? I mean... And let's say the office. Jeff Adachi has to sign off on this. Yes, he does. He does have to sign off on them. But we're, you know, we're a public defender's office, so we don't have a a lot of money to uh, pour into a real slick communications department. I mean, I'm it. That's a lot of pressure. And also, it's good he has a sense of humor. But what's the genesis? I mean, because I can, you get there, it's, you know, a new setting. Mm -hmm. I would, if it were me, I would assume this is the most buttoned down 
of all possible settings. No, you know what? It is exactly like a newsroom, um, except uh, people are kind of more type A because they all went to law school. <laughs> but um, it's They're very journalist, Larry. It's it's very um, it's very like fight the power, fuck the man. Can I say that? Yep. Yeah. yeah. Um, Wearing my resist T-shirt. Yeah. And uh, you know, I mean. The courtroom is a very conservative place, but um, but outside it, people um, people are very um, focused on you know getting justice for people who aren't used to having it, and um, you know we deal with you know unfiltered life in our cases. Right, so. right. But everything you just described to me doesn't lend itself to humor. It lends itself to right. passion. Right, right, it would make a great TV cop drama, or what in this case, public defender drama. Yeah, and there yeah. have been those. There have, and, and they're not known for humor. Right. Well, and in all honesty, probably ninety percent of the stuff I put out and the stuff we do isn't funny. Um, uh, but right, uh, because it can't be. Because it can't be. But even even with these kind of silly press releases, um, th- well, there's kind of. Two things about why they're funny. One is just that the facts are sometimes kind of funny, um, but they can't be just funny. Is my rule right? The, then the funny's the hook, right? The is funny's how, the hook. The funny is that the how hook. you sold the concept. Yeah, I don't do funny with the big. Like I would never do funny for a murder case, um, but a murder. If the goal is to get press, I mean, a, a murder case gets press regardless. Right. Um, but these little cases, you know, the the grist for the mill, you know, misdemeanor batteries, and um, you know, uh, indecent exposure cases, and things that those are always funny. A the, little bit, right? A Maybe little not, bit, yeah, but yeah. Seem a little funny. Yeah, I mean, you know, unless you're like exposing yourself to a child, right? But, as soon know. as I said it, I thought, ooh, they're probably yeah. right. <laughs> here come here come the emails, right? <laughs> Sorry, San Francisco. Um, yeah, but no, it's um, but I think my general rule is like if it's not inherently newsworthy, then it's got to be weird enough to be newsworthy. Because there are some some smaller crimes that I never do press on because it's just why. Like a D, I've never done a DUI press release because nobody right. nobody cares. Also, it's just daily life in the city. But so what's the what are the, what's the what's your responsibility as a public information officer then to get the message out or to get more eyeballs on the message? Well, both. I mean, um, you have to get get the message out, of course, but if nobody's reading it, then what's the point? I, I think it's worth saying why, you know, I didn't know this. Jeff Adachi is the only elected yes. public defender yeah. in the state. That's right? correct. I mean, that's kind of a trip to me. Yeah. Um, but also explains why making people aware of the work that's being done is really important. It's important anyway, but I, I get it. Yeah, absolutely. And it affords him the independence that someone that's like Correct. serving at the pleasure of the mayor wouldn't have. Right. Um and you know, I think I think it sort of plays into it's it's unusual for a public defender's office to actively do publicity and things like that. And um and I think part of that is because there's only a few elected public defenders in the country. And then also, I think we have just gotten used to hearing crime stories from a prosecution and police narrative. And um, I think that's that's 
the way the media tells the story because that's what they have. They have Mm -hmm. the press release from the police department or the DA um, where everything's black and white and, you know, this person is a criminal and look what the horrible thing they did and they were convicted by a jury. Well, in real life, it's not usually that simple. The majority of people are overcharged and some people um, aren't guilty of anything. Right. So in this case, and I want to get more into this later, but when you're writing a press release, who's the audience? Um, I would say the general public. Okay. Can I read a few of them? Because I was going to I feel like lay a few on us. If you few. don't know what we're talking about, it's so amorphous. So let me just read those blurb things. I'm gonna, those blurb things. Okay, everybody, listen. They're called headlines. Okay, now you know. Okay, here's one: man acquitted of felonies after brawl with DMV clerks. Okay, who hasn't been there? Motorist found not guilty of hit and run of Grey's Anatomy fan. I like that one. Like, what jury in the world would convict this person? I, wait, stop right there. <laughs> oh, okay. How far did you have to go before you found the Grey's Anatomy angle? Um, you know, I think I was just uh, reading the police report, and it was the complaining witness statement. And the police officer wrote in there, she said she was hurrying home to see the finale <laughs> of Grey's Anatomy. And it was like 2010, so Grey's Anatomy was pretty pretty big then not everyone had a TiVo and you know streaming video is years away so you know I can understand why she was rushing (laughs) have you have you ever overstepped and had Jeff Adachi say can you come into my office for a moment no um mostly because I mean he he gets the final say before I okay I put it out there yeah but also he's pretty fearless when it comes to this stuff I mean here's one fearless man with sweet tooth handling candy not penis (laughs) (laughs) that's what happened you know this yeah explain that story (laughs) this man was falsely accused of masturbating with candy down his pants um (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and I said, actually, Beth, Beth told me that, and, said, and that's not a uh, euphemism. No. She said so, he was reaching for some candy. I'm like, so, <laughs> the kids use the slang. So this man, he's kind of a frequent flyer in our office, and um, he... <laughs> he gets but, to skip the lines. <laughs> but, yeah. But he... Um, n- no history of sex offenses. None. But he does have a long history of shoplifting candy. Um, Interesting. Yeah, he's in a wheelchair. He um, put, he was at Walgreens in the Castro and he put a bunch of bags of candy down his shirt, which slipped into his pants, rolled himself across the street. See how that could happen. Yeah. And um, he he was like, you know, rummaging through his pants. He unzipped himself, trying to get the candy out and sort it. And he was in front of this (laughs) and organize it. Was it in bags or individual bars? It was, you know, it's funny. Uh, everyone asks what kind of candy. Yeah. And it was um, mostly M&M's, uh, a couple of candy bars, and one bag of Skittles. So, Wow, he's an, he's an agnostic candy. He uh-huh. really, yeah, he, he is. But, you know, he goes for the good stuff. It wasn't, you know, <laughs> it's like It's funny that people want to know that, something. though. Yeah. Like, like was well, it worth it? Because they're yeah, asking yeah. themselves, if I, I were to know. shoplift candy, what would I shoplift? Is that what it is? I was thinking, yeah. are they thinking like it's a certain shape? Milky Ways. Okay. Um, so he's, 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 you know, he's trying to get it out and he's right in, he's blocking the uh, doorway of a gallery and um, the... And they've probably never seen a penis in there. Oh. oh yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, well, that's the ironic thing, you know. It's like, and also he's he's on Castro Street. There's naked men walking around. Castro, here's another. They were gunning for him. Here's another headline. By the way, if you live in San Francisco and if you have kids, you know there's a lot of nudity in the Castro. Here's one. The fanny packs count as clothes. I know, and shoes. Aspiring Castro naked guy acquitted of indecent exposure. That goes without saying. Do you remember the naked guy? Yeah, of course. Andrew, what was his name? Oh, yeah. And then he died. It he, ended up... He was oh, not yeah. well. Yeah, he oh, ended up killing no. himself. Oh, yeah. It was... Yeah, that, that guy was... was yoked. He was. He wasn't he like a UC Berkeley like yeah. rugby guy yeah, or something. Just walk around oh, with the naked guy at Berkeley you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, that makes me oh, so God, sad. Oh, God, I haven't thought of him in a long time, poor yeah. guy. So he, oh, God, okay. As a writer, now you've dabbled in lots of different things during your career. I have. Different types of writing. You have a million stories here. I do. I do. do it's ever not it's incredible feel material. Tempted to shop it in Hollywood. Well Or even a novel. You know, I do all the time, but um, I have no follow-through is the problem. Oh. That, I mean, that's why I went into journalism. I'm like, if I don't have a daily deadline, deadline right. and, Ditto. you know, I then I can't, you know. Well, I have to read more. Okay. Come on, Actually, so hold funny. on. Let's go back because she gave me a nice opening okay. to go back and, right. and talk a little about what drove you to end up where you are. Um, now, I, I ask almost everyone who comes on here as writers, was there a moment, you know, I could ask, well, what made you want to be a writer? But instead I asked, was there a moment when you were younger that you wrote something and got the feedback that gave you the thrill that made you think, I think I want to pursue this? Um, yeah. Uh, I think so. Um, when I was in high school, and I was kind of aimless as were a student. Were you a local kid? Um, well, I grew up in the East Bay, but I actually went to high school in Orange County. Ooh, Ooh, three Orange County 100% high school students. 100% Orange County high school students. Wow. But it's all very different, Dana Point. That's a nose up in the air. Uh, <laughs> Not back then it wasn't. Orange. No nose up in the air. Trucks in the parking lot. And? and? Dana Point. <gasps> Dana Hills? Yep. Dude, uh, weird. What years? 89. I graduated in 89. Oh, my God. That is crazy. We weren't there at the same time. I'm older than you. Yeah. But I graduated. I theoretically graduated in 85, but I didn't graduate from high school. So I left in 84. Okay. So we would have just missed each other. Yeah. That's weird. Wow, that's that crazy. That is crazy. Because I thought Larry was talking about me when he said Dana Point, and I'm like, Jesus, you've really done your research, haven't <laughs> you? Amazing. Well, you know. Okay, that's a trip. Right, that's so, you, so uh, weird. Where did you toity, live? Toity beach I kids. lived in Dana Point. I moved from a dairy outside of Great Falls, Montana to a brand new subdivision in Dana Point in 1981. I lived in a brand I mean, who didn't live in a brand new subdivision oh God, in Dana Point? Uh, Dana... Oaks, Dana Woods. Right. It was not hoity-toity when I was in no. the 80s. Oh, my God. It was, it was not. more hoity-toity than it's, Orange. Uh, yeah. Orange is nice now, as you can oh, right. witness, but it was not. Okay. Well, I didn't know. I was just freaking out My brother lives in Orange. Does he live yeah. by the circle? I don't know. It's nice down there. <laughs> is my it? Son Beautiful lives houses. There. Look at us. We have Look all this us, connection. Look at us. All this stuff connection. <laughs> but let's go back. So, no. So, I was, yeah. I was uh-huh. in, I was, I was, you know, um, this at Dana Hills High, where not, I also had no direction. Yeah, but I didn't even have the follow through to graduate. So, well, good for I you. barely did. I had to do a vocational program where I, oh my God, worked I in a you. in a Are vet hospital. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I was sucks, a late bloomer. Yeah. Okay. Um. So I, 
you know, I was like, uh, this is terrible. I don't care about anything. And then I took a um, creative writing class. And it was sort of funny because I was like in like AP creative writing, but then like remedial sad sack math. Oh, my God. We had the exact same career. The thing is, high school career. wouldn't you think, I mean, I understand there's there's minimums that everyone is supposed to be able to do, but wouldn't you think... If you're a teacher faced with that, I mean, I was a teacher, you were a teacher, you see what a kid's good at and you go, oh, let's support this instead of going, you really should work on that math. Did you have Mrs. Doomquirk? Oh, come on. I don't think so. That Mrs. Doomquirk is why I did not graduate from high school. Geometry. You made that name up. Did not. Remember there was Mr. Dickman? Mrs. Yeah. Dickie? Come on. There was, there was, there was Dick Wigglesworth at our school. Is that true? Uh, yes. See? So you're struggling along, (laughs) accepting creative writing. (laughs) Yeah, and then I, you know, I just... What made you take the class? I, you know, I've always been kind of a storyteller, Mm -hmm. like, and that was sort of how I made my friends laugh. I would would get myself into, you know, madcap situations, and I would, you know, talk about it. Zany antics, zany madcap um, things, and so I would... uh, I would make them laugh, and I would sort of enjoy being outrageous. And so I um, was like, ah, you know, I'll I'll write a, write some stories. And um, so I wrote this story, um, and it was like if Walter Mitty was a woman and worked at a Circle K, and um, and I really loved it, and and the teacher really loved it, and I was like, oh my god, I, something positive happened to me in school. That's amazing. Um, now, can I interrupt you for a second? Yeah. Did either of you or both of you have a feeling of otherness in high school? Because it sounds like yeah. that's what I'm getting. Yeah. Oh I mean, so, who didn't? I was, I was literally but, sitting here thinking, I wish we'd been friends. No. But, <laughs> and, you know, I can understand that if you're if you're in Southern Orange County, yeah. and you're not oh. part of the program. Yeah. It's very easy to feel that way, but do you feel that in some way that sort of pushed you toward what you became? I think so. I mean, I think it made me an observer. Um, you know, it made me take notice of um, other people's eccentricities. Mm-hmm. Um, I felt kind of isolated. I mean, as you can imagine, it's not um, South Orange County by the beach. It's like not the right place to be kind of like a chubby, malcontent, weirdo teenager. <laughs> oh, my God. So because <laughs> our high school, it was like Baywatch High, it, right? Yeah. It, it, it was. Yeah. I just I, it, to me, it was such culture shock. I couldn't even take it in. So, you know, actually, that is very different from my Orange County experience. Yeah. My high school was every Monday, everyone put their trucks in the parking lot and see whose was muddiest. Oh, wow. It was Omaha by the sea. That's what my dad. Called oh, I it. didn't know it was so redneck in orange. It, it was very different. And now they're all like big beard. Uh, shape head guys, yeah, tattoo guys. I, I feel like um, when We're I all... saw Fast Times at Ridgemont High, I was like, oh, yeah. But that too, yeah, yeah my high school was like it. that too, but it had a different element. But I, but I guess the point I'm trying to make is, you know, maybe in the long run, it did help shape you, not only because you got to observe, because you also got to see what you couldn't be. That's true. That's true. Um. I did not keep up my uh, glorious high school creative writing career, <laughs> um, oh. but but then you know I didn't have the grades to go to college right out of high school. I went to junior college and I got in the journalism program. So which one? And uh, Saddleback. I did too. I went to yeah. Saddleback. Too. I played baseball. Nice. You went to Saddleback. Mm-hmm. When? Semester. You guys, we all went to Saddleback. Eighty-three. Fall oh, okay. Of Eighty-three, and then I bailed. This is such a 
This is so strange. <laughs> small world, small room. Small world, small, small room, but also almost no one goes to junior college, and we all went to the same one. Um, yeah. That's yeah. kind of a trip. I hated it. I don't know about you guys, but I was um, looking at the mall. You it know pretty what? much sucked. Well, it was right by the mall. Yeah, I know. I, was I look convenient. at it as a missed opportunity. Do you? So, I mean, you played baseball. That's cool. I was playing baseball. I was getting really good grades because it was really freaking easy. I know. Oh, I got good grades, too. I got awesome grades. And there were a lot of beautiful people there. Mm-hmm. Oh, you know what? About that, my first assignment for the school newspaper in Saddleback um, was to interview a Playboy playmate. Who that was a went, student. Who was a student. And Saddleback, at the <laughs> time, anyway, County. had um, more. That was their claim to fame. They had had more Playboy playmates that had gone there than any other in Arizona college. State. And that tells you why we got such good grades, friends. <laughs> <laughs> and, but when I was there, I wanted to get out day one. Me only too. because me too. people that I went to high school with would see me there and go, what are you doing here? But all I wanted to do was bail, and I bailed yeah. the semester, and that ended baseball, and that ended good grades. Oh, yeah. And I should have just stuck it out. Should have yeah. stayed for a year or two. Well, they have an amazing—they had a really great journalism program, and it was surprising, and I found a mentor there, and I, I remember I just, you know, I wrote whatever I wanted to write, and then we went to this, like, regional— um, journalism competition, and I won all these awards there. And oh gosh, that's and, so cool. Yeah, and I shocked the hell out of myself. Well, creative writing and journalism aren't the same thing. They are not. But, um, but I mean, writing is writing, and I, I felt like I did better with journalism because there there's that deadline. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like a sprint rather than... Which part did you like better, though, the writing or the research, the reporting? Um. Probably the writing, although it's pretty close. Um, I that mean, says a lot right there, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it depends. You know, like I I found like breaking news and crime reporting exciting. I don't – I don't enjoy – like I didn't enjoy sitting in on planning commission meetings, <laughs> you know. <laughs> you got into some of the hard stuff at the examiner, right? I did. Yeah. yeah. You got to do some – down and dirty. Yeah, I mean, I had like every beat possible and while yes. I was while I was there. I have it right in front of me. Tell uh, me, transportation. Oh, that sounds hard. General assignment like and a couple more that I didn't write down. Here's one for you. Mom losing her cool is not a crime. Jury finds. Well, that's I, universal, though. I think it is. I but you know what? It. It, it's, it's a funny story. But in, see in every one, yeah, in every one, right. there is something that people need to hear. Exactly. And in this one, this woman who uh, worked all the time, worked all the time, preschool janitor, no history of anything. You know, she gets mad at her kids and says in Toy Sunny, she says the equivalent of, uh, of, um, you know, I, I took, I brought you into this world. Like, <laughs> to kick you out. Out yeah. She yeah. says, um, I'm going to chop you up. Cause she's making like a soup. soup. Yeah. Cause yeah. she's making soup at the time. They like dumped her soup down the drain. Cause they were being brats. And yeah. um, she had spent the day making a culturally significant. Soup. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's funny. Yeah. And so the, but when the cops came, they didn't have an officer that spoke right. her dialect. Oh. And so they were like, let's just call in a guy that speaks Cantonese and you know, what the hell good enough for government work. And so he didn't, he could communicate with her in a very basic way, but he didn't understand, um, her frustration or what she was saying. And, um, they, they arrested her. And I mean, she couldn't work at her school while the case was pending. Hmm. She couldn't go home because there was a, every, single one of these could be a novel. Yeah. Well, and I'm also noticing that every single one of them comes from 
a, a, a very sincere place and not a place where like, ah, let's make light of this crime. It's not no. about... I mean, I never want to laugh at our clients. Mm-hmm. I mean, they've... But how about this one? Veteran acquitted of arson after botched aromatherapy. Like... So the aromatherapy... He probably needed it, but there is something kind of funny about that. Because he's a veteran, you feel like. Yeah, and his his counselor was like, "Hey, you should relax with I know, a so he's doing it. candle." Doing he's yeah, to. He's and then to chill with a little bit of eucalyptus, whatever. Right, and then it it whatever. all goes up in flames, and his PTSD kicks in, and he runs oh, out of the house. So yeah, so there's something serious at the bottom of all of these. So out of college, you went to the esteemed Humboldt State, I as did. you said. Yes. Uh, I think you were there at the same time as my brother. Oh, and really? I, yeah. and I was then, there for a long time. It took me a long so time to he. graduate. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder why. And then you took what's really uh, a well-worn path for journalists. You got mm-hmm. the job at the small local paper. Yeah. You stayed there for four years, but then you left journalism for the first time. I did. What spurred you to do that? Uh, the pay, I think, and just um, I wanted. I've never been super. I mean, I love jur- journalism, but I've never like had my ego much tied up with what kind of a writer I was, mm-hmm. um, and so I was like. It's it's interesting because it, I was working at this small weekly newspaper making $7.50 an hour during the first Holy dot-com moly. boom in San Francisco <laughs> and, like, trying to find an apartment. And um, it was, you know, I was, like, looking every single day for four months. and um, It's a very good practice for a career as a journalist, though. Because you're looking for an apartment? Talking no, about leads knowing how and- to be – have no oh. money. Oh, that's oh, true. Oh, oh. Yeah, there's that vow <laughs> of poverty. Yeah. And yes. that's why that the first thing that came the first thing I think when people leave journalism because I feel like there was a wave of people who left the examiner when we were there. Yeah. And a lot of them went to government jobs, but a lot also went just into the private world and I've done it myself uh, a couple times mm-hmm. too, but it was always well, yeah, because we're getting starved here. Yeah, yeah. Although, I mean, the examiner that pay was like a princely sum compared to my first journalism oh, yeah. job. That was insane. Yeah, so I just wanted to see, you know, what else I could do. And um, it was like the early days of Monster.com. And I was like, it's so easy to send out my resume this way. And um, someone called and it me. it worked? It worked, yeah. Well, it was 1999. I remember sending oh, mine yeah. out. It was like I, I threw 100 miles an hour. Like I got 15. Re- wow, this is great. Yeah. Oh, I'm yeah. Be, oh, because not everyone was doing it? Like they didn't well, know. and there were so many jobs and so Content many people jobs. going into oh, God, tech, I but I didn't go into tech. Yeah, you I, didn't. I went into healthcare, um, and uh, yeah, I um, I did healthcare PR for like four or five years. Um, I worked at a couple hospitals, um, Seton, the Our Lady of Two Eighty, that little Catholic mm-hmm. hospital, and then. Um, I like that. (laughs) (laughs) And then Sequoia Hospital in Redwood City. And, um, you know, it was boring, but... um, Paid the bills? Yeah, it paid the bills. Um, I had a rent-controlled apartment, and I wasn't married, and I didn't have any kids yet. And um, I, so it was, I was... You were living the high life. I was. I mean, looking back, it wasn't like that much money, but to me, after coming out of journalism, I was like, you know, like, that, yeah, I was like that yeah. couple in Indecent Proposal where I just wanted to roll all <laughs> over my money, you know, it's like incredible. But just when you thought you were out, yeah, they brought it, you back. Yeah, they, they did. Um, I, yeah, I did a year at Guide Dogs for the Blind. Mm-hmm. And then when you did I Bay City News or was that a freelance? No, I did Bay City News after I left Guide Dogs, and um, I uh, 
yeah, no, it was I was um, like the um, swing shift editor there, and mm-hmm. then I was the bureau person at the Hall of Justice. I yeah, I would not not have wanted to be an editor at Bay City News. No, at anywhere. Oh, yeah. I mean, I wrote stuff too, yeah. but it's you know it's Different kind of an yeah. all hands on deck operation there. Right. But um, and then you came to the Examiner right about the same time I did. Yeah. So did you guys already know each other? A little kind bit. Of, yeah. Kind, kind of, of across the room type of thing. They, you didn't know you went to high school together, but. Well, you went to high school together. Right. Uh, I actually got kind of hosed there about nine months into my run. They took me out of editorial and said, you're with uh, advertising. Oh, I remember. God, that's And we're going to do whatever we want to you. Here, you're going to write about a sushi restaurant that has had many health complaints against it, but you're going to write a thousand words about how great it is. <gasps> Oh, that was, I was, That's not journalism. To say I was embattled yeah. is to put it mildly. I yeah. think we were all embattled there. Like I don't not know well a sing- No, I don't know a single person who was Didn't not come out with some scars. Embattled. Yeah, I came out with like PTSD. You know, I I, oh when gosh. I now the only good thing was the salespeople were pretty fun. I bet that they always yeah, are. There were some good happy hours and yeah. stuff, but it was still, I was the only one. I remember that day. Not only did they make me do that but you had to go from the downtown office to fairfax street in in the, i thought you meant fairfax no yeah. in the bayview you know yeah, where they print? yeah yeah I'd ne- i've there never too. been there but why did you have to go there because that's where the advertising people were oh wow and they wanted me so they could flog me oh. they told me we're going to make you famous your your face is going to be on our boxes everywhere you know the newspaper boxes <laughs> yeah <laughs> It was a weird experience. But that first day, just standing on the corner of 3rd and Plue waiting for the bus is the closest I've come to crying professionally. Oh, I was like, God. I, I loved that job for the first of nine course. months. Of course. Like, this is oh, great. And I then they know. just made it bad. But I needed the money, so I kept at it. Did they at least the give you advertising wages? Or were you still at journalism wages? No, and then I stayed at that until Canadian Satan bought the newspaper. And then they cut Canadian my wages. Canadian Satan? Yeah. They cut my wages in <laughs> half. Oh, my gosh. Wow. And then I stormed out in a meeting, and that was that. That's enough about me, though. Yeah, let's talk about Tamara. Yeah. Um, so you... Well, so I guess I just explain why people leave journalism. Right, so, well, yeah, of course. I mean, it's it's not an easy road to hoe. No. But it does have a certain high-minded element, mm-hmm. and yes. you've refound that, really. I have. Not the words in your mouth, but it sounds like it. Yeah, I have. It's, you know, it's like the perfect combination. I, I believe in public defense very strongly and I believe it even even more so in San Francisco where there's just this you know yawning income inequality gap and um, you know our our clients have sort of been left behind and so it's a mission I believe in and um, and it's also kind of just you know as a writer it's like the perfect combination of like you know, high-minded stuff and comedy writing and, um, you know, advocacy. Well, let me ask you a chicken and egg question then. Mm -hmm. When you moved over to that job, was it because you had decided to get out of journalism again or was it because this came up? It's because this came up. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And and how hard was it to make that decision? Um, Not hard, uh, actually. Um, You know, I, I saw that it had... I had been covering criminal justice, <coughs> excuse me, at the Examiner, and um, uh, when this particular job came up, you know, I, I sent in my resume and I emailed Jeff, and I said, 
you know, this is awkward since I cover your office, but I'm throwing my hat in the ring. And he already knew you. He did. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I I knew the office. Um, I. I liked them a lot because they were very transparent. And in fact, when I got the job, one of my journalist friends said, "Oh, good! Now I have uh, now I have an inside connection at the only office I've never had trouble getting information from." <laughs> and that's really rare in government. It is very yeah. rare. So why are they so transparent? Um, I think. I mean, I think. Jeff is confident about dealing with the media where some public officials right. are scared. Right. Um, and so he knows that – he knows what public information is right. and um, we demand it all the time out of other departments. Um, we've become sort of like a watchdog for police and prosecutors. And so you know, if we're going to demand that of law enforcement, we need to demand it of ourselves too. So we kind of – let that it all hang out, so as they say. Here. <laughs> yeah, it really is. And how does it work? Do you work for the office or for Jeff? If Jeff gets I voted work, out, I work for the office. Okay. I work for the city of San Francisco. But he's been there the whole time. You've been there. He has, yeah, longer than I've been there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, running unopposed again this year. So, oh, that's yeah. what happens. Yeah, wow. and that's good news for you because then nothing changes. Yeah, although we change, you know, I mean, we were, we're in this period of tremendous growth right now right. as an office and you know it's changed a lot even the 10 years I've been there like now with all the Trump you know threats of raids and things like that we're, we've added an immigration department and we've kind of put more of our focus there too. It's incredible to think how a change of administration can have such a trickle-down effect in terms mm. of who you need to hire or office space. I mean it just they seem like small things but they add up so quickly. They do. They really do. Yeah. Whoa. And how does I wanted to ask you some questions about the audience you now write for. And you had said before, uh-huh. it's a general audience. Uh-huh. It's it's this basically the same audience you were writing for at the Examiner, right? Do you so do you use those same precepts to reach them? I mean, well, now you're going more humor. Well, on you know, on on the ones that I love to write, yeah. but but you know, there are a lot that aren't. Most aren't humorous. Um, yeah, I mean, I do use the same. You have the same responsibility. Um. No, I would say, I mean, I'm an advocate for the office and for public defense. I mean, I have the same responsibility, you know, to relay the facts and 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 be truthful and things like that. But I mean, I I certainly don't have to give you know the prosecution equal time in my press releases. I work right. for the public defender, mm-hmm. um, so um, you know, it's it's kind of a mix of journalism and advocacy, I guess. Do you have to – you put quotes in there? I do. Quotes from Jeff? Uh, yes, and from, um, you know, deputy public defenders that handle these individual and cases. You know, my next question, is that easier than getting quotes as a journalist? Um, no. Really? <laughs> no, well, just because, you know, when you get quotes as a journalist, you don't have to run them by anybody. Mm. Yeah, that always. I've written a few press releases, and that struck me as weird. And then the ones where they just say make something up and then show me it. That oh, probably yeah. doesn't happen oh, where you work. That's always a trip. I yeah. Don't like that. Yeah. Although you know, um, sometimes I'll write something. You know, um, I'll, I'll catch someone after trial, and they're all flummoxed, and they'll say, yes. "Well, this is basically what I said, and this is what I want to say," mm-hmm. and I'll. And I'll I'll make it sound 
pretty and then I will send it to them and they okay. will either okay it or change it or whatever, you know. So there's there's um that happens in all writing. Yeah. I yeah. mean there's definitely more like collaborative stuff going on than just reporting. What about editing? Who edits you? I'm it. You're it. I'm it. Flying yeah. without a net. I know. Yeah, it's hard to edit yourself. Has it ever has anything ever happened where someone comes back and is like this is I not right? Say that. that is my biggest fear yeah. writing because I write nonfiction is that I get something wrong. Yeah. Right. And in this case a lot's at stake. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean no. Um I have had people come back and say Hey, I'm looking for a job. Can you take that off the website? And I do. I see. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, and then, um, you know, I live in constant fear of writing pubic defender because spell check won't catch Correct. it. Correct. At this point, they probably think you meant to do it. Right. No, I, there's, a, there's a few of them in here. No. No, no. no. I'm just saying. No, I do. Salaciously. Oriented. Yeah, but I do control F pubic for everything because. That sounds I'm like a new female superhero. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Some of these are so amazing, though. Um, this is man acquitted of champagne bottle attack on dubstep fan. I like that. A yeah. 52 year old man accused of smashing a champagne bottle over his 30 year old co-worker's head after the younger man changed the music from classic Michael Jackson to dubstep. Except for the classic Michael Jackson part, I could totally see that happening. You know, it's it was funny. doing a team building exercise. Yeah, it was at Aqua. It's, it's like that oh. every time. Yeah, so it wasn't like, you know, most of our cases are like in the tenderloin on the sidewalk oh. or something. This was, you and know. Aqua. Yeah, and it, sounding. Yeah, and it turns out I have a friend that um, works for HR at Aqua that was like, that's my favorite press release because I know all the characters and I was there and, you know. Okay, but it's not all fun good. and games. And we talked about it's this a little bit that, you know, you, you deal with some pretty serious cases. We do. You know, we represented the guy in the peer shooting case. Right. I was going to ask you about yeah, that. That's so, national news for sure. But, yeah, but that's news. also, so you're the public information officer and, right. and anything you write, just to sum up that case, it was an undocumented immigrant mm-hmm. who ended up killing a, a young white girl mm-hmm. On, mm-hmm. on a pier here, and it was so politically charged that how? What sort of a layer did that add to your job? It was oh, I cannot imagine one of the most insane experiences of my professional life, if I mean, not the most insane. I, I would every word you must have had to measure pretty carefully. Uh, yeah, well, I mean, the attorneys spoke for themselves in that case. Well, I mean, you, that, your your office does have a point of view. Yeah, and um, you know, but I, I would still send out press releases and keep people apprised of where the where the case was and things like that. And um, and but the real and that just made me really busy for a long mm-hmm. time. Um, but when the verdict came in and he Oof. was acquitted, yeah. um, I just. Uh, immediately just one email after another and one phone call after another, like people saying the most vile, threatening things. I think I got about a thousand emails. Okay, to you can personally. we back up just for one second? It must be illegal to threaten a public defender. Well, it was more like 
I hope you get raped and killed by an illegal alien. Right. That's okay. That's just wishing. So yeah, it's like hoping. I'm just daydreaming just about it. That the universe yeah. makes that happen. Oh my yeah. god. Yeah. Or like I had a dream that's in illegal slit your children's throat. You know, like stuff right. like that. Right. 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 Um, there was oh only one that was like, "I'm yeah. going to come and kill you," which I. So while the trial is going on, though, did you guys talk about the possibility of that kind of backlash? Did Jeff yes. prep you and go, get ready, here it comes? Oh, he didn't have to. I mean, I knew what was what coming was down the pike. Was there anything in place to help you deal with that? I guess all of you deal with that? Um, we just weathered it, mm-hmm. you know? I mean, it, what these emails weren't addressed to me. It was that um, when you... Uh, when you go to our website and it says contact us, it goes to I my see. inbox. Oh, yeah. I see, yeah. So it wasn't so personal. It wasn't personal. It wasn't um, personal. It, it, they want to rape you, but not right. you. you. <laughs> right. The universal you. Right. Yeah. Um, oh, my gosh. So – and you know, and we got like two hateful faxes, which was kind of retro. Yeah, yeah. Where yeah. Are those and, from? yeah, and you like know, yeah, the telegrams. <laughs> yeah, and then the Western Union guy showed up. For the you link. should be raped. Stop. Right. <laughs> um, so you know, I mean, the content of it um, was not shocking. To me, I mean, I've I've certainly seen it. I've been on the internet forever. Right. You know, mm-hmm. like people say hideous things, but. Um, it was the sheer volume right. and mm. like there are people walking around with this much intense hatred and violence. Oh, and, you haven't been on Twitter know. lately? I know. I do try to limit it. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I guess from my perspective, if I were writing these things, I would be so terrified that someone would take my words, turn them on some right wing um, platform that is pretty terrifying. You know? Yeah. And it, well, would, it would become personal. Is your is your name on all the press releases? Yeah, yes. okay. it is. Yeah. yeah, exactly. It is. Exactly. So to just both both because like Larry said, you have a strong POV mm-hmm. uh, you're you representing public defender. But to also not leave yourself open, I mean, there's no way not to. There's an right. opposing opinion, right? So, right. And it's virulent. Yeah, it is. Has yeah. it ever gotten to the point where you, the office felt threatened and had to take some measures? You know, I don't, I don't know about for us, the people that worked, work, you know, behind closed doors kind of. Um, it's the, our front office staff um, that really, I think – has had some like one guy actually yeah, physically came into the office after the verdict and mm-hmm. we don't you know we don't it's not like the DA's office where you talk to someone through a little window i mean we don't want our clients to feel like it's they're jail. in jail right, right right so this man came in with like a, a, a motorcycle helmet and he came in and like slammed <laughs> it down on the counter in front of one of the women that works at the front desk and you know it's like you're gonna hear what i have to say and um you know he wasn't she just sort of she was a little nervous but um press a red button i know yeah well you know they do um i mean we do have procedures you know if things get crazy but um but yeah uh i think that's probably you know the scariest thing that happened hmm um, shoot, what was I going to ask you? I would say that I can't imagine a more um, toxic climate to be having a case like that happening. So that, um, I mean, if nothing you can't handle has already happened, 
that you guys have it well in hand. Yeah, mm. I'm, I mean, I think I, would think I think the nature of our work is sort of like adversarial right. anyway. So right, if you don't like conflict, you're in the wrong place. Right, right. I, would, I, would be good I mean, at this I like job. it at a safe distance, mm-hmm. like most people. <laughs> so. Everyone else is like conflict. Football. It's great. Yeah, um, hockey. You also. Have you know you get quoted too? I do with this new job, which is very different from being a journalist. How have you handled becoming a sort of semi spokesperson yourself? Um, I don't mind. Uh, I don't mind giving quotes to people. Um, I, I think it's pretty straightforward, um, like what I can release and what I can't, because some mm-hmm. of it's public information and some of it's attorney-client privilege and. and uh, are, how many of the journalists did you know before? A lot. Yeah. Yeah. Does that change the relationship? Um, I mean, I think it makes it friendlier, of course. Um, Do you feel more of a responsibility? Like, oh, this is good old so-and-so. I mean, a little bit. Um, I, I try not to play favorites because it, I know it will come back to bite me. Right. But. You know, if um, and I, you know, and you know, I don't, I wouldn't ruin someone's scoop by like, you know, telling my friend over at the Examiner or something. But, um, but you know, if there's a a, uh, a good story that comes along, like I'll happily tell people, mm-hmm. you know, um, and not just people I knew before. I mean, people that call frequently and say what the, you know what's going on at the public defender's office. You know, I mean, I'm not obviously scared of the media, I think, like PIOs that haven't worked in the media. Right. It might give you a leg up. Like, I know how this works. Right. Yeah. Right. And it's um, – and part of it is, like, managing expectations on the side of the attorneys, too, because, you know, it, it's like in life, it's like, you know, half the people want to jump in front of a camera and the other people want to hide. Um, and, uh, you know, there's – there's some educating that you do of the attorneys about media stuff like, um, yes, they're allowed to be in the courtroom. Yes, they they get to report on what you say even if the jury doesn't get to hear and it. And that is part of your job. Yeah. To, to, uh, to right. let them know this is how it works. Right. And like, look, you know, the same constitution that protects you protects them. Mm. And um, so, yeah, I mean, because it's, it's, um, it's frustrating for them sometimes when things are reported that haven't come into evidence and things mm-hmm. like that. Um, so, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's a little bit, you know, protecting them when I can, but also being like, well, this is reality and they have a right to report. Mm-hmm. And Now, in your, on your LinkedIn, it says you're also a policy assistant. How does that play out? You know, I don't do a ton of policy work. Actually, since I've done that LinkedIn account, we've actually hired a policy person. Oh. Yeah. So, but um, but I still do a fair amount of, of policy stuff. Um, right now, I'm working a lot on bail reform and um, trying to get the gang injunctions li- lifted and um, things and, like and, that. And, and doing that, are, are you – how does that – Take shape. Are you writing stuff? Yeah, it's or like is it completely it's, separate from. No, it's like writing op eds and press releases okay. and arranging media oh. interviews. Like, you know, like this hardworking young man can't catch a break because he was on the gang injunction list from when he was seventeen. Like, you should do a story about it. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, so it's like kind of like how all press releases work. Just giving a POV 
Right. Well, it's like any press release. Yeah. What, right. So what, what makes you decide what deserves a press release versus an actual, you know, find a journalist to write about it? Um, I think if it, you know, if it's something we want to, if it's something that we're announcing or it's a big change or we want to get it out far and wide um, and with as many eyes on it mm-hmm. as possible, um, I'll do a press release. Um, if it is a kind of a human story where we have a client lined up that's willing to talk and things like that, then we'll um, – then I'll just I'll pitch it as a story, and mm-hmm. um, or if it's a problem that people outside of um, the legal world wouldn't necessarily know is a problem, um, that maybe I'll pitch that. You want to get it into more right population, right, right. <clears throat> what was your experience recently? Because you've had you had to deal really with national media. I'm sure maybe even yeah, international. Yeah. Do, could you was there a was there a qualitative difference between the kinds of people you <laughs> normally deal with and these <laughs> um, media say or what what have you? Yeah, I think so. I mean, brass tacks. Did you get to meet Jake Tapper? I did not. I did not uh, get to meet uh, meet him. Um, uh, they are um, – I mean, obviously, they just want to get in and get out. Um, they have – They're know, not glad-handing you? Um, no, not really. I mean, they um, – maybe a little pushier. Um, they have – they come in with producers and things. Right. You know, the, with the local them. people, it's like yeah, they're like carrying their own cameras on their shoulders. Also, they're trying to cultivate a relationship yeah. with local people, yeah. I would imagine. Right. It must have felt a little bit of a position of power because you were the source. Yeah. Yeah. But I, you know, I wasn't like mad with power. <laughs> I'm drunk with power. As far as we know, so far. Yeah. No, I taste. Early in the game, get that power. You know what they say about power? The corruption. The it's corrupts. Right. I'm it's just right. saying, it's it corrupts. Right. You don't look corrupted. <laughs> it's you know, it's been what eight years, nine years? I think yeah. it's been ten. Oh my god! No, it's been eight. I don't know. How long it's have I been there? 2009. So it's going to be your ninth year. You're in your ninth year. Okay. That makes sense. I've been married 10 years. That's I was getting confused. Between job, job, marriage. marriage. Job, right. Marriage, Which leads me to my next question then. So you bounced back and forth. Will you bounce again? I don't oh. think so. No? I don't think so. I mean, I think, um, you know, I, I really like it where I am and – um, I like being a city employee, and uh, like I like the work, I like the benefits. So you know, I like my coworkers. But what if there was a new public defender? Do you go with the person? No, she the, stays with the office. It stays with or the office. Yeah. That's how it works. Okay. Yeah. Although, who knows what that means? I mean, some most public defenders' offices don't even have communications people. So mm-hmm. I guess you know, I suppose it's possible that you know someone could come in and be like, I don't. This isn't important to me. I don't care about press right. or anything right. like that. And you know, you can go, you know, you sort files or something, right. you know. Right, go get my coffee. Then you got a file cabinet full of ele- elevator pitches for Hollywood. Right. Oh, I agree. <laughs> yeah, I how agree. the hell do I do that? That sounds pretty great. Well, no, we need to do this. Because we, we're getting low on time, but I did want to ask you, so what about writing outside of work? Do you do – I know you do a little bit of journalism, freelancing. I do, still. yeah. Any creative stuff? 
Um, Dad, how would you leave that back at Dana Hills High School? <laughs> no, I didn't. I mean, you know, occasionally I will. I did, like, you know, National Novel Writing Month a few years yeah. back. And we had Grant in here Grant a while ago. Grant was just here. Okay, yeah. Um, it's mostly garbage because I was just, like, writing and writing, and writing and writing. Like, yes. Yeah, but, um, I, you know, a coworker and I um, who is a – he's a public defender by day and a stand-up comic by night – um, oh my god, TV show. Right. <laughs> he was working on a screenplay and I, I was like, maybe I'll try to revive this novel. And so we've been um, kind of very infrequently uh, meeting our, our writing club of two. Um, I love it. That's so what happens. We'll say. I, yeah, I mean, yeah. I don't know. I mean, I think like a nonfiction thing um, just about, you know, this stuff good. would be. Oh, yeah, so and, and it's been done. I mean, um, Patrick Hoffman, who was a uh, investigator in our office, wrote uh, a couple of books um, about his it. experience. Yeah. Fantastic. Well, we are. Out of time? Out of time. You know why? You can't time tell, flies when you're having fun. Well, but you can't tell because it's not that hot in here yet. I know. It's really not that it's hot. Not you bad. have no idea what it's you've not done. It's Tamara, you don't have a website or anything because you're not officially that kind of writer, but um, Mm -hmm. how can the general public see these crazy press releases? Um, Well, they could go to our website, sfpublicdefender.org, and um, they can also follow us on Facebook. Is it slash sfpublicdefender? Yes. And 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 (laughs) following you today. And Twitter is uh, SF Defender. And and, and actually, if they want to see a bunch of your old news stuff, you do have a site. I think. Yeah, I think I I did one of those. Had to go there through Twitter or through LinkedIn or something. Yeah, Yeah. Twitter. Do do you do Twitter? Um, I have a Twitter account, although I haven't used it in years because I forgot the password. That is okay. Twenty first century problem. Dana Hill's high school story in eleventh grade. I lost my uh, locker. locker combination, so I just never took my books out again. <laughs> I was like, okay, well that's over. I guess. Oh, we should have been friends. <laughs> I know we were cash. meant to be friends. I'm telling you. No, it's I meant who does late. the public defender? This is what the grotto pod oh, does. I do. It brings you together. Okay. Yeah, it does. As for me, I'm oh, on Twitter at that, Larry Rosen. Instagram, same thing. No website yet, but why don't you have a website? You're I'm just lazy. Do I can't. Fall. I need a deadline. Have your but it. if you uh, want to hear more of me, who wouldn't uh, really? And really, who wouldn't? Just uh, go to isitgoodforthejews.com and listen to my other podcast, <laughs> which goes by that same name. That's New episode really out uh, every Thursday. True. Except when I don't make it there. Like last week when I forgot and posted it Saturday. BQ, I wondered what happened. Bail me out here. Tell us about you. Oh, uh, there's not much about me, Larry. You can find me at bequinterest on Twitter and Instagram at bridgequinauthor.com. Also, of course, I want to thank Sugartown for our fabulous tunes and Beth Weingartner. Yes, mm-hmm. Lee Kravitz hey, and Yay Beth and Lori and Doyle, who are our producers. And uh, as for us here at the Grotto Pod, you can follow us on Twitter at the Grotto Pod, and you can send us email. It's still an option. Send us an email. GrottoPod at gmail.com. More importantly, go to the old iTunes or the oh, Stitcher. God, you guys, come on, get your friends. Do a little subscription. Do a little comments. Yep. Tell us we interrupt each other too much. Go. We can handle it. It will not change, though. Give us five stars. Yeah, but still five stars. That's all for us uh, this week in the old Grotto Pod, but it won't be done until BQ says the following thing. Read, write, and just keep working. Thank you.